Hello and welcome back to the Split Deep Dive Season 2, Episode 2, with me, Ben. And me, Tyler. So we're here today, you know, Season 2, Episode 1, that came out, it did pretty well. But we're back. Episode yes, two. For episode two, yes. It's gonna be a good one. We have a good topic lined up for you guys today. We have should college athletes be paid? Ben, um, before I really get into this, what do you think? They uh do you think they should or they shouldn't be paid? You know, you know it's a big debate. You know, a lot of people they have different opinions on this topic, but personally I just just about, you know, there's pros and cons to each, but I think they shouldn't be paid, and that's just my personal opinion. Tyler, what what do you think? Well, for the point of this debate, I um I'm kind of indifferent, but I do have some good points as I was doing some research that they should be paid. I mean, originally I was kind of indifferent, but now uh, I really do think they should be paid, and uh, that's what we'll be talking about today. So Ben, I see, only see it um that you give the first point because you think they should be paid, and I will easily refute your point. So go for it. You know, I think one of the reasons why college athletes shouldn't be paid is that you know for the sp- it takes a lot of money to pay all these people. And like the smaller sports, they might not have the money to pay for these smaller sports. You know, name, name of like the big sports. You got uh, your football, college. football, basketball. Those are two main ones, I think. And, and then Tyler, name some of the, the smaller, smaller, you got volleyball, golf, uh, lacrosse, and a lot of other ones. So like when they, when you're spending all your money, on these it's more expensive these bigger sports you know your football your basketball you're not going to have the money to to afford and to support support these smaller sports so Tyler what do you have to say about that is well real quick I'm gonna skip into the one of my point the bottom one of my points here but when you're just using okay so here you go the, you have the athletes who put hundreds of hours in per month so that they can be at the top of their game and then they play their hardest out on the field. So that the producer of the uh, network gets paid, well, you're basically using them as slaves. I, I don't know what to say about this. See, you know, I have a rock solid case. You know, I just, I just don't know. I, you got to look at the, you know, the benefits. It's gonna be maybe be beneficial. You know, these athletes they might want to be paid, but you know, you got to look at the people. How would you feel if you were one of the the athletes for these smaller sports? And you, what if what if there's college had to decide if they're going to pay the college athletes in these top sports and that's going to lead to your sport getting cut what if your sport got cut how would you feel about that well if my sport got cut i'd be going from not getting paid to still not getting paid but you're not going to be able to enjoy it you know college sports paid or not is still one of at least in here in america that's one of the top levels of sports besides professional you know you're still going to enjoy it you're still going to be making a name for yourself and possibly going professional, and then you will be getting paid. If sports get cut, you're not going to have the opportunity to go pro and start getting paid. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of valid, but still, they should be getting paid because then they're just slaves. And the thing is, okay, well, okay, if you want them to be at the top of your game, the only way you can get there is by putting the time in. If they had to take time out of their day to go to their job, get money, or earn money, just so they can pay for their living expenses place to rent, food, all those. I don't see where their time is for them to be practicing their sport. Yeah. I don't know if slave is the right word here because, you know, they're still, they're choosing they're choosing to do this, you know. Paid or not, as I said before, they're still getting a big exposure in the sport to go 
pro if that's what they're looking to do. I don't think you can say they're slaves, even if they're not getting paid. They're still getting so much else. They're getting the opportunity to play the sport they love. They're getting the chance for that exposure and to go to the next level. So they might not be being paid in money per se, but they're being paid in the experience. Yeah, the experience is very valid. You get your college experience. But for that college experience, you know, being playing the sport is much of the experience, but could that time be... That time is better spent playing the sport than having to get a job and spend the time at their job when they can't even... That money is just to pay for their expenses. So to pay for the expenses, they need uh, college college uh, networks to chip in a little bit here. So here, I'll get to my first point here. It gives them more time for study. The main reason they're at this college, they're playing the sports, is because they um, they need uh, they want education. But think about it this way: when they're just playing sports and uh, getting a, or go, going to their class, playing sports, and uh, get working on a job, I don't see where they have time to earn money. Because most of these people, I'm not really sure about the numbers here, about how many people go into the major leagues and how many people go to their, um, you know, choose um, pre-chosen major. But um, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, they have to go work for what they've been studying for the last, you know, X amount of years, most likely four or two, how many every year there's a, how many every years there therefore. But yeah, it gives them more time to studying. When college athletes have to play sports, go to class and study, there is practically no time left over to go to a job. And if their sport does not pay them, well, then that brings up the question of where are they gonna get the money to live, feed themselves and other necessities. And if they are able to fit a job they have, if they are able to fit a job in, then they have no time for free time. And if they have no free time, they're most likely going to be very stressed. And when they're very stressed, they're going to burn out. They won't study as well. They won't be able to memorize things as well or just won't be good at class. And they also won't be performing as well if they're overstressed. See, so it really comes to a question is, if they're being overstressed, when you're overstressed, you can't work as well. You're under pressure. You can't hardly work. It It's just a bad quality of life when you're overstressed. So to give them that extra time to work at a, um, or to not have to work is very official. What well, do you think? There's a few things I could say about this. And one, how, how much do you think these student athletes should be getting paid? Well, should is kind of a, well, I'll kind of get that into my next point. I'll skip through it real quick. So um, 145 million people tuned into college um, football telecast in 2019. Um, so that exceeds, so the NCAA had received exceeding $800 million in, uh, 2019 from TV broadcast. So I'm just quick calculations. I would say each athlete from major sports like football, basketball should get around 44,000, something around there. But um, just some evidence for my first point. Officially, the NCAA restrictions are student-athletes in in-season practice to 20 hours per week or four hours per day. That's four hours of your day. Many student-athletes, however, reported that they practice at least 30 hours a week on average, with some sports reporting weekly practice commitments of more than 40 hours, according to a 2011 study at the NCAA survey cited the UNC lawsuit. Well, you got to look at where students, where are their priorities at? You know, because I feel like I could say a lot of students 
they're in college. Their priority is their sport, especially you know they're getting scholarships to to play the sport, and that's what they're looking to do in their future. Their top their top priority is not studying. Of course, they they want to do what they can do in that class. You know, they want to pass. They want to do well, but their priority is playing that sport. So as you go to the point was getting paid, but they have a job. They can get paid pretty well at that age for a job, and their two main priority sports, then their job. And then school might come in third, and that means studying. Do you really need all that time for studying if that's not what you're looking to do? And it just it really just depends on the student what type of job they want in the present while they're playing the sport and in college, and what type of job they want in the future. Is that a job that their their class could help them have, or is there really their only goal to play that sport in their future, or some way be involved in that sport, whether it be playing? Or anything to do with that. All right, well, here's the thing. So, when do most uh, people stop playing? Well, let's see. Well, actually, this is interesting. Um, what's his name? Uh, the big guy, Tom, Tom? Brady. Well, can can, can we talk about this for yeah, a second? Sure. Go for All it. right, so in episode one of the Split D, episode one, season one, we talked about Tom Brady. It, this is a little off of our topic, but just hear me out, hear me out. So, episode one, season we one. We talked about Joe Burrow. We, we talked about Tom Brady and his retirement. And look back at the footage. I said I was not fully convinced. Even before this episode, I talked to Tyler. I talked to my parents. I said, Tom Brady it will come out of retirement. I wasn't convinced he's going to stay in retirement. I said, he seems like the guy to come out of retirement. And lo and behold, what what happened, Tyler? Just t- tell me what happened. Yeah, he came back. And exactly. I believe in the episode, you said you, you think it would be it for Tom Brady. He wasn't coming back. I just knew. I knew he was coming back. All right, so that kind of brings us to our next thing. When will he retire? Or the thing is, when do most athletes retire? Probably, um, well, okay, Tom Brady's an outlier here. Most will probably be, like, late 30s, right? Depends on the sport, because, you know, some sports are more physically physically demanding. And, of course, as we get more and more in time, you know, technology gets better. That can help people uh, last longer in sports. Let's just say the average is early 40s. Okay, yeah. that's kind of a stretch, I think. Yeah, early, that's that's so good. early forties. You still have half your life, and if you can't play sports for that half your life, what are you going to do? You still need an income. You're going to go to your job that you studied for in college. See, and if you don't, uh, and if you have to get a job, you don't have time to study. If you don't have the time to study after you're done with your sports, if you do extend all your major league sports, you will. Uh, You'll then need a job. And you're not going to want to go work at some fast food chain. That'll make you some quick cash, but that's not going to be, uh, that's burnout again. You're not going to be able to sustain that for uh, how many years you need to. See, so, my next piece of evidence here, real quick. One study has suggested that many students in college study an average of 10 to 13 hours per week. If there, okay, so let's do some quick math here, okay? If there are 120 hours in a work week and you spend 30 hours playing sports, that brings it down to 90, okay? And then let's factor in sleep. Let's say, you know, the average should be, should be around 7, you know, but I'm sure everyone's getting a lot less than that. But let's just say 7. So 7 hours per night, that is now 55 hours. And so then minus 13 hours for studying. And finally, about 3 hours of class each day. That turns out to not a lot of time left per day. So if you had to fit a job in there, you would be very overworked and stressed and would burn out a lot quicker as if you didn't have to pay, or I mean, if you didn't have to work. 
See? So, uh, I don't even think I need to really speak of my next point, or my next two points, because that's sh- so, cl- you know, just... Could I, yeah, could I talk about the point that you just made? So, about what, what do you do after you retire? Well, a lot of these players in any sport, they're going to make a lot of money throughout their career, even if they're not... D- during their professional career, not their... Because they shouldn't yeah, be paid yeah. during college, as, as I've said. But they're going to make a lot of money, and it's over a long period of time. They could be playing... You know, let's look at the sport that I mainly follow, which is uh, European football. And so they'll be playing from anywhere from around the ages of, you know, 16 to 17 professionally all the way up to their mid to late 30s. And they're making a lot of money. And when when they get to the age of retirement, I doubt they're going to be looking at the same career choice they had when they were young. You know, because look at many athletes after after they retire, uh, they you see many become sports broadcasters or uh, pundits talking about the sport or maybe something else. They might want to start a new business adventure with all the money that they've made. I doubt many athletes will look at their same college major and do that same thing after they retire because it's a lot of time spent focused on that sport. You might want to try something different, and I doubt they're going to be looking at that same thing they were, what, 20 years before they retired when they were still in college, so... Yeah, I think there's many opportunities that can arise after you retire, and you're not going to be you're not going to be poverty stricken after you retire. You made a lot of money, and you're going to have many opportunities uh, to do what you want after that. All right, so um, yeah, that point kind of, but still, I mean, it's a very valid point. But what about your? Do you have another point for your why they shouldn't be paid? Yes, let, let me pull let me pull my second point here, and you know another. One of my points is that the big schools will get bigger and the small schools will get smaller. So, you know, the schools that are bigger, they can pay the most. So the athletes, if they're getting paid, they're going to want to go to a school that can that can pay the most money instead of a smaller school that, you know, they might get a better experience at. They might, be a, they might start out as the better team before they get paid. But, you know, if a team can generate more money for that sport, if they put all their focus into that, then they're just going to become the best team because of that money. And that's where you balance out. Where do you draw the line of how much athletes should be paid to keep a well-balanced? Because in college sports, you want it to be balanced somewhat throughout the teams to have good competition. So what do you say about that? Yeah, that, that makes much sense. Here, I'll kind of get to my second point, which was it entices them to keep playing. So student-athletes are always competing to be the best in their sport. When they also have to get a job to pay for their basic living needs, they don't have they have uh, limited time for, to play their sport. If we paid athletes, though, they'd be enticed to play their sport longer. So, according to a study, schools that pay uh, pay student athletes pay them an average of forty four thousand four hundred dollars per year. Okay, which is enough to pay for all their expenses. I mean, it might be a little tight, but still, it'll cover them. 145 million people tuned into college football um, telecast in 2019. According to college sport viewership statistics, college sports have been raising in popularity in the last decade to the point that the NCAA had revenue exceeding $80 million in 2019 from TV broadcasts. So that $80 million, if it's not going to student-athletes, do you think that... uh, I think that's a little too much for the broadcasting network, and they'll still get their fair share cut if um, student athletes get paid. So, so if the uh, so if there is 
much money collected, why do the students not get paid? In essence, you're basically using the athletes as slaves, like I said earlier, because they're the ones putting in hundreds of hours per month so that the person broadcasting gets paid. Does it seem even close to fair? So they have to put all the work and effort in, put their body, much stress on their body just from playing the sport, and then they don't get paid. They're just being used as slaves for money for the big broadcasting network. Well, I feel that that's a decent point, but I feel, once again, I can say a few things to refute that. One is that they might not only care about the money. As I said before, it's about the experience, about the exposure. It's about playing at a top level. And another thing you get is uh, uh, you get a... I'm, I'm blanking out here. I'm blanking out here. You, so you're saying yeah. you get a good experience, but I mean, is that experience really that good? If you have to, if all that stress, so that stress from not getting a job, trying to figure out where your money's going to come from for your next bills, or having to work that job, it's uh, it's kind of like that one last week about gas gas prices, right? Is the question is, do you want to spend your time? walking to the uh, walking walking instead of using gas or the time working at a job for the gas the question is do you want to be stressed from trying to figure out where your uh, where your bills are going to come or where the money's going to come from for your next uh, next uh, you know your expenses or do you want that money to or that time to come from working still the stress is just over the top and with all this money from broadcasting i think uh, I think they should get their fair share cut. Well, yeah, one of the things I, I was trying to say earlier is uh, many students receive scholarships that make sure that the expense, most of the expenses for school are covered. You know, some students might, might have that. And, you know, that's another thing you can say that comes into this. But do you want to take us on to another point? Or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I got my last point. We'll wrap it up with this last point. And yeah. then if you need to say anything else, then we'll get into our next topics. We got some interesting ones for you, but um, first, this point it creates much revenue for the school, which I've kind of said before. But um, schools are always looking for ways to bring in money. If they pay their athletes, it will tend to attract the best athletes to pay play for their school. Everyone wants to watch the best best athletes on TV, which brings more viewers to the broadcasting network. Hence, the networks will pay their schools for the viewers they bring in, causing more revenue for schools. So, on top of uh, it's a lot of money, basically. If you have all this money, yes, you put it into, um, you know, put it into making your classes better, your campus better, all that. But then you're still gonna have some left over, the students. And the thing is, real quick, if you don't pay your students, you just kind of neglect them. You just teach them what they need to be taught. They're kind of, they might not treat your campus as well. But if you pay them, they'll, you know, they'll really respect your respect your campus and other things. So in 2017, NCAA reported 1.1 billion dollars in revenue for broadcasting March Madness on CBS, which brought a lot of money for the schools. How much revenue do college sports generate for athletic departments each year? What do you think, Ben? A lot? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. So over 18 billion is the answer to that. Uh, wow, that's a lot. So yeah, basically they should pay. Yeah, you, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think we both have different opinions on this, but there's not just a right or wrong end to this. There, there's many pros and cons, of, as we both stated. And as we said at the beginning, neither of us are fully on one side of this argument. 
So as we do normally, we're going to put a poll in this episode. Just to show you guys can share your opinions. How strong are you, you towards each side? Do you just a little bit lean one way? Or are you fully, uh, you're fully with your, your position on this topic? Yeah, because we really want to know. So um, anything else? So basically, I think all that 20 minutes is to say that they should be paid. And no, I think that 20 minutes showed that they shouldn't be paid. And that basically wraps well, it up. Well, let's for this leave it up to our viewers in the poll. So we're going to cut to a quick break, and then we'll be back for some shorter topics to wrap up today's episode. All right, we are back from our quick break. And now we got some smaller topics to talk about. And I'm going to start us off with a quick topic on the World Cup qualifiers. So there was some big news as Italy... uh, Former champions, I believe they've won the World Cup four times, will not be going to the World Cup for the second year in a row, which was very surprising. After failing to make it through in their group stage to the qualifiers, they were knocked down to the playoffs, where they played in a bracket against North Macedonia with Portugal against, I forgot the team on the other side, but Portugal went through to the final of the playoff bracket where Italy played North Macedonia. So, you know, before this bracket, everyone's saying, would it, would it be Portugal the with Ronaldo or the Euro champions, Italy? But to everyone's surprise, North Macedonia beat Italy 1-0. I believe Italy had something like 32 shots with no goals. North Macedonia had like two shots on target. One of them went in in the end of the game. Um, very late on, which means Italy will not be going to the World Cup for the second year in a row, which left everyone shocked, which means Portugal will play North Macedonia on Tuesday, and the winner will be going to the World Cup. So, you know, Italy has not played a World Cup knockout game since winning the World Cup in 2006. So by the time the next World Cup comes around, It'll be 20 years uh, since it's only victor. It will, it will be 20 years since they're last played in a World Cup knockout game. And their only victory at a World Cup since then was against England in 2014. So, you know, so in the 2010, they came in, you know, as the winners from the year before and came fourth in their group, getting knocked out. And then in 2014, they came third in their group, being knocked out once again. And then in 2018, in the qualifiers, they lost to Sweden, being knocked out and not even going to the World Cup, being knocked out in the qualifiers. And as I said, once again, in the qualifiers, they went North Macedonia and lost again. So it wasn't very good for Italy. And some other news that has just come through as we're recording this is Canada will be going to the World Cup in Qatar, coming up in 2022. Oh, yes, Canada. I love Canada. Canada. I know we have some Canadian fans. They're quite interesting up there. Yeah, I know we have some Canadian fans watching. They're probably happy. So, yeah, Canada will be going to the World Cup, hopefully with the U.S. of A. as well. Because, as you might know, the U.S. were not present at the last World Cup after failing in the qualifiers. But, yeah, and that's basically it for me from the World Cup. Um... So Tyler's going to lead us into our next little short topics. Tyler? Blisters. 
Nausea, hallucination, <laughs> a hiker, grueling attempt to cross Death Valley in four days. Let's get into this. Death Valley National Park, it was the only a matter of hours before the hallucinations took place. Quote, I am starting to crack. <laughs> Cameron Hummels texts on a February morning after taking more than 113 miles on foot in one of the most desolate, extreme environments on the face of the planet, Death Valley. After five hours of restless sleep, Hummels, 43, awoke that day to lashing winds and a harsh sun on his face, a feeling of complete isolation seizing him as he gazed out across Badwater Basin. A barren, a barren salt flat that holds the title of the lowest point in the western hemisphere, in the hottest region on Earth. His goal was to travel the entire entirety of Death Valley National Park on foot in four days, cutting the previous record nearly in half. To do that, he would need to cover the next 56 miles and change without sleeping. Already, he had endured a furious sandstorm, dodged Vents sprawling toxic gas, chugged water last with arson. Yes, soon after he set out Monday, nausea set in, the nosebleeds and diarrhea, the weary sand sandy horizon, atmospheric is part of a growing of endurance of men and women who have set their sights on completing outdoor running and hiking feats and breaking came records in the process. They complete in the insular worlds of fastest known times, or FKTs, jokingly to capture records that come with minimal glory but often plenty of pain. With so many traditional races canceled during the COVID-19 pandemic, the FKT mo movement surged in popularity. Hummels keyed into one of the movement's more obscure routes, in which the hiker has to feel act as he as he she is the only one on the planet. According to the creator's rules, it's perhaps not the tallest order in the lonely expanse that Death Valley, but Hummels took the extreme measure one step further. He brought only two liters of water for the roughly 170-mile trek. Quote, not gonna give up, continued the message. He texted with a startling satellite device. All right, so what do you think about that, Ben? Is that pretty, uh, it's pretty brutal, man. Four days, two liters of water, 170-something miles. It's, it's, you know, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a brutal story, you know. That's something I, I would not do personally. I don't know if that's the smartest idea. I'm not sure if you guys but, know, but I'm a lot into hiking, and I've wanted to do um, one of the bigger trips I want to do is the Tahoe Rim Trail for um, over there in Ca uh, California. Yeah, Tahoe Rim Trail in California, Montana. It's got a little bit of a trek from Montana <laughs> here, but uh, yeah, here in Montana we don't have we don't have the same trails that California has. Yeah, you know? so I wanted that Tahoe Rim Trail. That's like 190 or 90. I'm not sure, something like that. But still, it's a lot. And I'm into backpacking, yeah, but 170-mile trek, two liters of water. I think my uh, normal, you know, water bladder thing in my bag is two liters, and that we refill every every night. 
Two liters of water, 170 miles. Not enough water, was it? <laughs> no. I mean, we can go into dehydration and all that stuff, but, uh, I mean, the more food he eats, in, ens- in essence, I don't know if you guys know this, so if he has the same level of water, and let's say he's not dehydrated, the more food he eats, he'll actually become less and less hydrated because that food is that salts are going to be drawing water out of his uh, out of his bloodstream. Yes. So uh, that was kind of dumb of him, to say the least. And, yeah. Water so, is important. Yes. Make sure, don't. Don't be sparing with the water. And like, bring as much as you need. Yes. As much. Well, I mean, actually, then you got to think about this. The weight. How much weight is that going to be? See, I think one one, uh, one liter of water. I'm trying to this think. This is why here. they need to invent dehydrated water. One. Oh, that's. I like that. <laughs> I like you, that. And you just add water. <laughs> you add water. I like that idea. And then you get water. No. Um, one gallon of water, I think, is about six or seven pounds. And if there's no water there, that's an interesting I'm gonna think about that a little bit more. So, um, real quick, um, wheels or doornails? <laughs> Wheel, wheels or or doors do- or doornails? <laughs> Wheel, wheels or doors? It's Actually, the question that ha- has blown blown up the world recently. Wheels or doors? And there's only one answer. No, actually, which not is gonna doors. lie. I think it's hinges. Because if hinges, you think about it, not no, real quick. If you think about it, each door has two, two, three hinges, right? And then I guess cabinet doors count as uh, as doors too. Yes. So two more hinges per thing. Oh yes, we are getting high up there with the amount of hinges in the world. Oh, I, here, hear me out, Tyler. Dude, hinges we have a lot of poles. We have the uh, hinges and poles are not enough. Our hinge, oh. um, wheels or uh, wheels or doors is one of our poles we're gonna have today. Our other pole that we're gonna have is gonna be what was that one we said? Oh yes, um, student athletes being paid. And then we're gonna have a third, a third surprise poll oh, coming yes. up in our next segment. But Tyler, hinges is not an option. Wheels or doors? Which one? Door. Uh, oh, that's a question. But the question is: Is there wheels and hinges? But let's not consider. Hin- let's just go through a house, Tyler. So think. you have the front door, so right here, the back my, door, garage so right door. Right now, here in our studio, we have one door, right? And there is there's one door, and there's a kind of a you know a, a utility closet, right? So. If there's it's a pocket door kind of closet, so there's probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wheels, eight wheels on that pocket door, and then because there's two doors there, then we got our main exit door here, which it opens inward, which should be outward going to code, because of our office building here, and that's gonna have three hinges. So, but no, there's just think about when you look at a car, you know, wheels might be the best answer, but I'm just I feel like I'm a doors guy, you know. I gotta stick, stick with my gut, and just go with doors. Cause you know, look at cabinets, you know, drawers. You well, know, we have a little wall of cabinets right here. I think there's about what is there four doors on that cabinet right there? Yeah, or that you know, set. I might be a doors person too. I feel like wheels is the right answer, but doors is my answer, Tyler. Doors? Oh, I. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I feel like I. Uh, well, what considers as a door? I mean, a door is any object that, or is like, is the front of something that opens, you know, like, uh, opens like, you know, inward or something like yeah, that. I think doors, doors is the only answer. Well, Except okay. wheels, because that's another answer that's probably a little better. Okay, well, let's, let's think for a second. Let's just, I think, um, I honestly think that there are, um, more, uh, more doors. 
Yeah, do- doors. Me and Tyler, we're both doors guys. We want so you to put in the oh, pole. Oh, okay. I just found a study. Oh, breaking news. There are 42 billion doors in the world. I think this is just in the U.S. I'm not sure. There are 42 billion doors in 77.9 million inches. <laughs> no. No, okay, sorry. There are door, 42 million door, billion doors and um, 77.9 million wheels. Hinges, I'm not sure. Wait, mi- wait. So is there, you say billion doors? And only a million? 42 billion doors, 77.9 million. So there's more doors. Yeah. I, t- I told you. No, no one believed me. I told you stories. Ah, uh, okay. Well, um, our next one, um, we're going to key it up real quick. Um, just a little disclaimer real quick. We need to cite information from Zach Bryan's song, Condemned. And uh, there's one question. We'll put this in the poll like we did, like we said we will. So just real quick, make sure you guys get this disclaimer. Citing Zach Bryan played on Apple Music his song, Condemned. Ben, take it away. And, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll sing along with you guys. Yeah. But um, real quick, actually, let's pause that for a second. Oh. At the end, the last 30 seconds, the real point we're playing this is the last 30 seconds. We have, um, there's a big controversy. Just a couple weeks ago, I was just playing this song. I was listening to it. And I was like, is he crying or laughing? So the last 30 seconds, we're going to stop uh, singing along. But we're going to sing along <laughs> for you guys. So it'll be quite interesting. But the last 30 seconds, we will not sing along. So you can really understand, um, is he crying or laughing? I think he's crying. Ben thinks he's laughing. Many other people think he's laughing. Some people think he's crying. I think he's crying, honestly. So uh, take it away. Don't get ahead of yourself. I won't. I'm condemned, I'm condemned. All my heart's on a man. Nobody gives a damn about me You can tell me that you love me Till your little lungs turn blue But I'm always alone, I fall asleep And the girls walk downtown Are like some stars that fell to earth They like the veins in my arms The story in my heart The boys, they always tell me That my words get them by They can tell how much I mean it By the bloodshot in my eyes so don't try to make my fault If you plan on leaving, don't come at all Lord knows no glory in the fall If no one's around at the end of it all I'm condemned, I'm condemned, I'm condemned All my heart is on amends Looking for somebody who can save me I'm condemned, I'm condemned Just like all my worthless friends Waiting on the wind to set us free Well, the depth that I've been after All the booze and all the laughter I guess that's just what makes us who we are And the people that we lose And the battles that we choose Have you pining for something to them for? So don't try to make it my fault If you plan on leaving don't come at all Lord knows no glory in the fall No one's around at the end of it all I'm condemned, I'm condemned I'm condemned, I'm condemned All my heart is on amends Nobody gives a damn about me You can tell me that you love me Till your little arms turn blue But I'm always alone, I fall asleep 
on leaving, don't come at all. Lord knows no glory in the fall. If no one's around at the end of it all. I'm condemned, I'm condemned, all my heart is on a man. Nobody gives a damn about me. You can tell me that you love me until you live like that. Blue. <laughs> but I'm always alone when I fall asleep. At the end of it, oh. <laughs> Dude, that was Play so that. <laughs> you know, he, you know, I hope you guys, first of all, I hope you guys loved our amazing singing. Yes. Now, I yes. think if you know me, you know I'm not the biggest fan of country music. If you know Tyler, you know he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he might have enjoyed that a little more than I did. But, you know, at the end of the song, he's crying. you heard him start laughing. He's crying. And you know he is laughing because I didn't notice this before. I just noticed it now. His friend at the end goes, oh, that that's fire, man. I'm condemned. And, like, they're joking around. He, he wouldn't be joking with them if he was if he was crying. And that's something you didn't catch either. So that just proved that he was laughing. I, uh, that's just the only answer. Well, because I, uh, I listen on Spotify. Spotify's better, by the way. Shout out to Spotify. Shout out to Apple Music. Uh-huh. No, I listen to Spotify. They, uh, I didn't hear that at the end because, yes. I didn't hear that, but if you really go back to earlier in the song, he's talking about, um, he says, looking for someone who can save me, I'm condemned, just like all my worthless friends. That doesn't sound very laughter or jovial. Like, um, it's just, it's a very sad song. If you heard of the precursors in the song, which might have been covered by our very, um, our very bad, our very bad singing, you probably weren't able to hear the, uh, precursors to how he was crying but uh he was definitely crying that's just um yeah but actually that'll be our second poll is he crying our third poll actually our th- oh our third yes 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 is he yeah. crying or laughing and then actually in the comments not in the comments uh da, 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 yeah the comments whatever they're called um you guys will let to um what do you guys want to hear next week? If you have any good yeah. ideas, I mean, we always we always have we have a, oh, a full bucket list of ideas. We actually no, sorry, we have a modicum of ideas right now. <laughs> I, I think we have our next episode actually planned out. We're gonna bring on our get a uh, special guest, possibly. We're not fully confirming we're anything not sure yet, yet, but we possibly might be having a special guest if that's what you guys want to see. Yes, yeah, so we're not gonna uh, commit yeah. to anything because last time he committed yeah, we, a couple weeks ago. We won't ago. be committing to anything. Yet. We're about to start and then he canceled on us, but yeah. uh, so, so we'll try that one again. Yeah. So, but not like Travis. I don't know if Travis will ever come back, but <laughs> Travis good. Travis is good. Hopefully, I would like him back, even though Tyler wouldn't. But yes, yes. you know. I think that's pretty much it for today's episode. And I don't know about you, Tyler, but that was definitely my favorite episode to record so far and I think our best episode yet. So I hope you guys all enjoyed. And Tyler, take it away. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in for today's episode. And um, we will see you next week. Good night. Good night, everyone.